to Hello Real Estate. I'm Lindy. This is Lexi. And today we are joined with a very special guest. Yes, the little Jake Jake. Jakey Jake Jake. The big old big old is here with us. So if you hear him in the background, just, you know, ignore him. He's a little he's a little man, but he likes to play. Like any good working mom, you sometimes have to bring your kids along to your job, right? Hey, right. Jakey Jake, you want to say hi? Can you say hi? Oh, he waves. (laughs) What's that? Microphone. Yes, the struggle of the work-life balance for sure. So Jake is going to be our podcast co-host today. How old is Jake now? Year and a half. Year and a half. He'll be two in August. He's adorable. He's adorable. Crackers. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about revealing truths about hosting on Airbnb and Verbo. Yes, is it Verbo or VRBO? I always say VRBO. Either one. Okay. I think yeah, I think it's dealer's both choice. Both and both. Yeah. Okay. Well, Lexi, you have firsthand experience with this now. You've been renting out your home for what, like seven, eight months now? Yeah, since October of twenty twenty two. And it is April, so October to November, December, January, February, March, April. Six months now. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I got into real estate because I wanted to purchase a house to do exactly what you're doing, right? Yes, yes. And then I ended up buying a house instead that we lived in versus actually having an investment property. So you're living the dream that I want to live one day with your home. Is it the dream? We shall see. Well, I mean, (laughs) you're making enough to cover your mortgage every month, right? Yes, yes. Um, So, and, and... well, we'll we'll get into all the stats, right? Yes. So sure. before we talk about your house at all, why did you decide to start renting your home on Airbnb and VRBO? Yes. VRBO. Verbo. <laughs> whatever. Yes. <laughs> so that is an excellent question. Having investment properties was always something that I wanted to do also. It was always a you know, end of the line kind of goal. Yeah. I want to do something where my assets pay for themselves mm-hmm. and pay for the lifestyle. Because to me, the most important thing is spending time with your family. Yeah. And if you're working, you don't really get to spend that time together. Yeah. So one of the ideas that my ex-husband and I had was to ride around North Carolina in a travel camper Mm -hmm. with our two kids and with our three dogs as we were both helping people buy and sell real estate. So we would go around the state in the camper and go to different campsites and visit local small businesses while helping people in that area. So instead of me driving three hours in one day, we would just be in that area for the week Mm -hmm. and I would be 10 minutes up the road. While we were doing that, we thought, hey, it would probably be a really good idea to put our home on a short-term rental site Mm -hmm. because while we're not there, we can offer it up to people who need to be in this area, need a bigger space, whatever the case may be, while hopefully covering the mortgage at the same time because we weren't going to be there Mm -hmm. as much. So that was really the reason behind putting it on Airbnb instead of doing something like a long-term rental or even selling it. Yeah, or a midterm or anything like that too, right? Yes, because we needed that flexibility of like when we were going to be back in Fuquay of not having to be in the camper anymore where we could go back home yeah, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about what kind of house do you guys have? What kind of neighborhood it is, is it in? What kind of clients are usually getting to your home? Okay, so our house is a cottage style transitional home. So we have brick veneer in the front and it's vinyl around with a crawl space, about four, probably four foot crawl space. Um, 
we have a three bedroom and a two and a half bathroom, but we're on a septic. So it's a three bedroom permitted septic, but we actually have five bedrooms. Oh, yes. Yeah. So when you said three, I was like, I thought you had a lot more. Yeah, than we do. That. We do. We, we just don't have the septic to support it. So legally, I have to list it as like a three bedroom, but we do have five bedrooms with a bonus room. So basically, when you walk into my house, we have a concrete sidewalk. You go up three or four stairs, you see this big North Carolina state flag flying out front, and then you open the door. So as you go into the living room, we do have a wood burning fireplace because our house was built in 1991. We do not have an open concept at all. After you go into the living room, if you go towards the backyard, we have the dining room, which is joined with the kitchen. We do not have a formal dining room. And our kitchen is very 91. It's mm-hmm. It needs to be updated, but it's very 91. And then as you go to the left, it's the master bedroom, which is really tiny in my opinion. But you go through the master bedroom to a dual vanity sink with a walk-in closet. And through that hallway is our master bathroom where you have the commode and then you have the shower and tub combination. Now that's all to the left side of the property. So as you exit the master bedroom, and you're walking down the hallway past the kitchen, which would be on your left, past the living room, which would be on your right, separated by a wall in the middle. You go through the hallway and there are two bedrooms on either side Mm -hmm. and they're separated by a guest bathroom. And we actually themed our Airbnb, the Carolina Cottage, Mm -hmm. because we are both North Carolina natives. And I thought, hey, this is so cool. Like, I love my state, so let's do it. And our master bedroom theme is the Capitol. So Mm -hmm. it's Raleigh and it's Raleigh at night. So we have pictures in there of places that you would see, like the Morgan Street Food Hall Mm -hmm. lit up. We have the skyline of downtown Raleigh lit up. It's real dark painted in there. And then the two bedrooms that are at the other end of the hallway, one is the North Carolina mountains and one is the North Carolina beaches. Mm. So we've got two bedrooms there. And then if you go upstairs, we have a huge bonus area with a half wall and we have dedicated that as the game room or the kids playroom Mm -hmm. so we have a sectional couch up there we have a projector screen that automatically comes down to watch movies like a theater and then my son's room was the batman room Mm -hmm. so we have a batman room and then we have a half bath upstairs as well so his batman room has a baby's crib and two bunk beds and then my daughter's room is up there as well and she has a frozen room Mm -hmm. so we've got a queen bed in there so we have a lot of space Mm -hmm. we're also on 0.79 acres so it's really pretty. Um, we have about 2,092 square feet. So it's, it is a good size, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then you asked about the people that are staying with us. Yeah. Like, do you typically get families or do you get like bachelorette parties? Because isn't there like a wedding venue semi-nearby? Yes, do? we've got three. We've got three in a five mile radius of mm-hmm. our house. So I would say it's half and half. We get a lot of people who want to come with their families and they throw birthday parties for the kids or We had one group that was from a church that did a mission trip for kids. And um, then we have a lot of people who are either guests or are hosting their wedding at one of the wedding venues and then they need somewhere to stay. So it's a really good mix. And we've had pretty good reviews from most people. um, But that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about what it takes to prep the property for a short term rental like this. You know, I'm sure it was just a ton of hard work. Where did you get started? Like, did you move out all your valuables? Did you box up your kids' stuff? Like, how did you guys prep the property? 
Yeah. So the first thing that we decided to do was we packed the camper with all of our essentials. So we put everything in suitcases for each one of us. We did one bin of kids toys and we did a lot of decluttering. We donated a bunch of stuff and we put like one set of dishes in the camper. We put one set of dishes in the Airbnb. We kept some stuff in there. And then, yeah, we basically moved the rest of our stuff to storage that couldn't fit in the camper. My daughter went through her toys and decided which one she would be okay leaving behind. You know, we we had to have a big talk with her like, hey, you know, there's going to be other kids that come in here and play with your toys. So which ones are you comfortable with them using? Mm -hmm. So like she left behind her Barbie camper. She left Mm -hmm. behind her Melissa and Doug doctor set. But yeah, so we basically decluttered. We donated. We got our essentials out of there. And then we made sure to keep the dishes and the things that people would need to use behind. Did you take down like family photos and stuff like that and replace with artwork? Or did you guys have a lot of that stuff up beforehand? Yes, we did. So we took down all of the family stuff and just replaced it with things that fit our theme. Yeah. So like the master bedroom, we've got Raleigh stuff in there now. We have a big um, North Carolina Tar Heel flag hanging in the living room. Um, So yeah, just things like that. You want to make it very impersonal. Totally. So I have rented, I should have started this episode by saying this, but I have rented literally all over the world for Airbnb and VRBO. Like we have rented small condos or studios. We have rented huge properties with lots of acreage and Joshua tree. I have had bookings in Italy. Like I have, I have booked all over the place. So as the consumer, I have a lot of things that I like and dislike too. Um, so we can talk through some of those, yeah. but I've been in some homes that it looks like the family is just at lunch like it you know all of their photos are up yes and you know it feels like you're in somebody else's space and then i've been in some homes that are like oh my gosh this is themed out and it is incredible and then i've been in just very stark homes so like it i think that as the consumer as long as you know what you're getting into like you're okay with it like i knew that you know i had seen those pictures of on their website of those families being there, right? Like, so I knew what I was getting into. If I walked in thinking it was going to be a theme and it wasn't, then I would have had a problem with it. Right, for sure. um, But just curious uh, what you guys ended up doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the themes, like you said. Like, we... Every year we traveled to Florida to go to Disney, mm-hmm. and I really like staying at the Airbnbs or the Verbos that are themed to Disney. I think they're so cute, and people really take Definitely. a lot of time, like you know, doing those. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to do the same thing here. And I think that gives you sort of a uniqueness to your listing. Well, it makes you feel like, you know, you're on vacation Mm -hmm. and not just at a friend's house, right? It makes you feel like you're in a special place. It's, it's not just about having a clean place to put your head. You could go to a hotel for that. It's about the feeling that you get while being there. Like, why are you there? Are you there for a girl's weekend? Like I've rented, spaces in Hollywood that are all tricked out for Hollywood stuff and geared towards bachelorette parties, which is what we did, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and it feels special versus like, I would never take my son to one of those places. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. we're going to go to the place that has like a little more family friendly or themed to like the, the environment that you're in, you know, so. 
Yes. I think that's really important to keep in mind too, because depending on what people are doing in your area, you need to do a market analysis and kind of figure what your competition is. Um, You know, and that's what I did. So before we listed on Airbnb and Verbo, I looked up all of the competing listings Mm -hmm. in our area and not a single one was themed. Mm. So they were all very nice. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put any of them down, but they were all standard, you know, this is the bedroom, this is the kitchen. None of them had a uniqueness as far as a theme. Mm -hmm. So I knew right out the bat that that would make us very competitive. Yeah. I don't know how we would have been competitive if we did it the same as the other 50 rentals that are within our 15 miles, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, So what kind of upfront costs did you have as you were getting started before you ever had your first guest stay and made any money off of it? What kind of upfront costs did you have? So the storage unit, I guess, would be an upfront cost. So we pay $100 a month and we have a pretty good size. I think it's like a 10 by 10 unit. It's, it's pretty big. Um, another upfront cost that we had was we had to buy all new comforters and sheets and bedding for all of the beds. I put down mattress protectors and pillowcase protectors and all that stuff on every single bed. I, that was very important to me. I'm really big on germs. And then we got duplicates of everything. Mm -hmm. So not because you think we have three beds downstairs. We have one king and two queens. And then we have two twin bunk beds upstairs. We have the crib and we have another queen bed upstairs. So you're talking all those beds and we have one washer and one dryer. Mm -hmm. So you have to consider when the cleaner comes to, they're not able to get done all of the laundry within the time period that they need. So it's good to have a duplicate or even three sets. So that way they can take the bad laundry, get it started, and then at least switch it out and make up the beds while they're there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a pretty big upfront cost. We also renovated uh, both of our bathrooms. So we did fresh paint. We did a Bluetooth ventilation where you could play music. <laughs> yeah, we have that in ours too. We added it when we were doing construction on this that house. thing is so cool. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And so we have that in the master. Um, and honestly, if you have to redo it, 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 it's something that adds such a little special touch that was so cheap to do. It was yes. like a $20 difference between a normal fan and one with the Bluetooth. And yeah. like the, we have like a blue light that you can turn on too. So it's yes. like all pretty. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely a fun upgrade. Yeah, so we did that and then we reglazed our tubs Mm -hmm. so you can make them like pearly white again. So we did that. So after we redid the bathrooms, there was also a couple other things like because our house was built in 91, a couple of the outlets didn't work. We had to get those fixed. So just a little bit of upgrades. Um, We have since that we've been on Airbnb, we've had to repaint our living room and our master bedroom and the mountain room Mm -hmm. um, just because guests with their kids, man, have come in and they've really destroyed like our walls and stuff. So we have done that. So that's a pretty big expense. We also are now having to pay a plumber upwards of $4,000 to come in and fix things that have been broken since October. And it's only been six months. But I would say upfront, the only other biggest cost we had was putting the supplies in. So buying the new towels, washcloths, makeup wipes, um, you know, little shampoos, little conditioners, little coffees, um, you know, fresh dishes, fresh cups, because I wanted it all to be like looking the same. Yeah. And we've got kids. So a bunch of our cups don't look the same. Mm-hmm. So we went out and bought, you know, 15 glasses and 15 plates. And we had to buy additional chairs for our dining room table and, and you know, tablecloths and just things like that. Mm-hmm. I would say that that was a pretty big expense, but mm-hmm. it was it was worth it. Um, 
And I, I think it is worth it. If, if you hear me talking negatively about it, it's just because of some experiences I've had. But overall, I do think that hosting with a short-term rental is definitely worth it. So as you guys were prepping to put it up on VRBO and Airbnb, mm-hmm. did you do professional photography or did you do the photos all yourself? We did professional just because I have an amazing photographer. Her name is Tashara Milligan, and she is the owner of the small business Open Peak Media. Mm -hmm. And she takes all of my photos for all of my listings. Mm -hmm. And I asked her if she could take photos of my Airbnb. And if you look up the Carolina Cottage on Airbnb or Verbo, you'll see what I'm talking about. But man, this woman, she has an eye for photography Mm -hmm. and she captured some amazing photos Mm -hmm. of my property. And I'm not just talking about the bedrooms, the outside. She did close-ups of the roses that were on my table. That's Mm -hmm. my very first photo. She did a close-up of the Fuquay Marina Monopoly game Mm -hmm. that we have in the game room. So, I mean, she sees things that most people don't see. Mm -hmm. And I trusted her 100% and she did a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. I would 100% recommend getting professional pictures done. Mm Mm-hmm. I heard that there's a strategy to how you order your pictures. Did you have one? I the, the strategy that I heard was to make sure your first top five pictures are like the best pictures of your home. Yes. Because people sometimes don't scroll all the way through. It's also the things that you get the most thumbnails of. Do you guys believe in that? Yes, 100%. There's a strategy to everything, yeah. especially marketing. Um, we definitely used the best pictures and the most unique pictures mm-hmm. as our first couple pictures. So the one with the roses on the table is my cover photo. And then like the ones that were not really my favorite, because my house looks so small from the outside. Mm-hmm. It does it not. Does. It's very deceiving. Yes, it, it does is. not seem to be that large on the inside. So it would have been such a bad idea to use the outside pictures in the beginning. I agree with that because your house is super cute, but you pull up to it and it does like, oh, it's like this little cottage house. And then it's all this space inside. Yeah. Because I, is it, is it because the property is like tilted in the back? No, it doesn't. Like ours, we're we're on a slope. So I think ours has, I think it has a lot to do with us not having a garage too. uh, Because it's so square, mm, like from the front. I I guess that's (laughs) the thing that is deceiving about it, that Mm -hmm. it's all home space and there isn't that extra garage. Right. I've never really noticed that before. And when we... Because when I go to somebody's house, I don't go, oh, you guys have such a great garage. You know what I (laughs) mean? Like, it didn't even occur to me that you guys didn't have one. Yes. And actually, when we think about adding a garage, we have to make a really big decision because on the right-hand side of our property where those two bedrooms are and that bathroom is, Mm -hmm. is our septic. Mm -hmm. So we can't put anything on the right side. The left side is the master bedroom. Mm -hmm. So if we put the garage on the left side, you would be going through the master to get into the living room. Like there's Mm -hmm. no way around it. So we we have to get a, you know, a civil engineer in there to draw us some plans. Unless it's just detached and not attached. Yeah, I guess we could have like a door walking out of the master or something and go under a really pretty awning and carport. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Speaking of which, if you are somebody who has that extra space and that carport type thing, I stayed in this Airbnb once that was so amazing because it had the house. Then it had a little carport space that they turned into, um, like a little mini golf area. It had like one hole and it had the, um, washer and dryer out there. And then, you walked into the garage and they had converted the garage into a, an additional like game room slash bedroom. So it had a king size bed in there, but it also had a place to play movies and um, oh, it was great. You can really like you can use it for sp- storage 
or get a storage unit and really pimp it out to be an amazing extra feature too. Yes. And a lot of the Airbnbs in Florida do that same thing. They, mm-hmm. they all seem to convert the garage into like the game room. Mm-hmm. So we stayed in a couple where you walked in and they had the arcade style games in there. And then they had where they built a stage and put the movie theater chairs and mm-hmm. did all that stuff. I'm like, man, this is such a genius idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So moving on. So now we've gotten, you know, your house listed. It's up on the website. Were there any upfront costs with VRBO or Airbnb? Like, do you have to pay some sort of membership or subscription as somebody putting your house up? Or do they take a percentage of your sale? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so there's no upfront cost. Uh You don't have to pay for um, a subscription or a membership or anything like that. However, when they pay you out, Uh there is a percentage that you have to pay. And you have the choice whether to put that percentage onto the guest Mm -hmm. or whether to incorporate it into your profit. So pay for it yourself. What do you do? We pay for it ourselves, mm-hmm. And why is that? Because, so we figure that basically hosts have a lot of different options. And I am the type of person, I just, I'm a philanthropist. I love doing nonprofit work. I love giving back. And I, I wanted to have somewhere affordable that families could go to celebrate. Basically, mm-hmm. that's it. That's what my house is. And to celebrate North Carolina in particular. Um, with that being said, we charge a minimum so you can go in and put your minimum and maximum yeah which i highly recommend doing and then you can turn on smart pricing which we'll talk more about in a minute but for example my home the minimum is 149 dollars per night now that's the very minimum it can be and that barely covers all of the expenses associated with the house and mm-hmm. that's not just the mortgage it's the landscaping mm-hmm. the trash the yep. cable the internet because i have gone like i said i've rented from these sites a million times and sometimes there's a cleaning fee Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a hundred dollars sometimes it's five hundred dollars like there it there there is no consistency to it and i think that's partly because of the size of the homes like what you're actually spending like but but there's no like generic like 10 percent fee um that you always know that you're going to be paying or not paying like in a hotel so um so i've always kind of wondered how do you figure that out yeah, so basically to answer your question, the host decides yeah. what they want to charge. Um, so for me personally, I don't think it's right to upcharge for cleaning. So I charge the guest exactly what the cleaning fee is. So my cleaner charges $135 per mm-hmm. cleaning. And we do get it cleaned every single time in between Airbnb stays, whether it's one night or whether it's seven nights. Mm-hmm. It's $135 for a turnover clean. We do pay two thirty-five a quarter for a deep clean, mm-hmm. where they're going top to bottom, um, and deep cleaning baseboards, ceiling fans, switching out filters, all that stuff. And I just eat the extra one hundred dollars. Mm. So if someone happens to stay after a deep clean, well, you just got a very special clean for one hundred thirty-five dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have known in the past for hosts to upcharge on the cleaning. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want to do, and that's your business structure, then that's you. I just I don't feel in my heart that that's the right thing to do when that's not what you're paying your cleaner. Mm-hmm. Now, the 135 that I pay my cleaner was on the less expensive side because I interviewed probably 15 different cleaning companies mm-hmm. because you want to have a main cleaner and you want to have a backup. Yeah. So we have a few cleaners that we use and 135 was was a pretty good rate. Um the quotes went all the way up to $250 per turnover clean. So if I'm paying $250, then the guest is paying that Mm -hmm. because they're, they're the ones utilizing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just fair. But 
let's say you're checking out as a consumer on Airbnb or Verbo, you're going to have your nightly stay. So for me, it's $149 a night. You're going to have your cleaning fee. So for me, it's $135. Then you're going to have your occupancy taxes. Mm. Those are determined by city, right? By city yeah. and by the site. Yeah. So Airbnb and Verbo, you'll pay your occupancy taxes to them and then they'll keep it. Like we don't see it at all mm-hmm. because they remit those taxes on our behalf. Gotcha. So it never even goes to us. And there's actually, um, if you follow us or like us on Facebook at the Hello Real Estate Group, I'll put a screenshot in of exactly what I'm paid at for one stay so people can see it. But we are then charged a fee. So Air- Airbnb, for example, is a 15% fee mm-hmm. for using their site. So if you're ever in a situation where you're trying to book something and the host messages you and they say, hey, use this other site because I don't have to pay a fee. Mm -hmm. They're probably telling you the truth because it's 15% on Airbnb. Now, again, that happened to me before. Yes. So hosts have the choice. You can either pass that 15% to the guest to pay for you Mm -hmm. or you can absorb it. I absorb it. Mm. I just feel like it's fair. That's my fee because I'm using Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Like I'm paying for that service basically. Mm -hmm. So I, I think my business structure is pretty fair have we had people complain about it? Yes. Well, because I've seen the same house listed on different sites for the same weekend at different prices. So that, yes. that makes sense. If if I'm going on Airbnb and they're charging 15% and VRBO is only charging 10 or whatever. I'm making up those numbers. I have no idea what they actually yes. are. Um, but, I, but that makes more sense to me because I've wondered that before. Yeah. And another thing that you can turn on is smart pricing. Mm-hmm. So that could be the reason why they're different. Because when you turn on smart pricing, or when you utilize a third party software in order to smart price for you, what it means is, if let's say, okay, so I'm t- my house is 20 minutes from Raleigh, Raleigh's the capital of North Carolina, it's where you go for nightlife and for concerts and for mm-hmm. all that stuff. Let's say there is a concert, let's say Dave Matthews is coming in, and mm-hmm. they're about to be, you know, balling out at the PNC. Um, my smart pricing is going to, they're not going to charge 149 a night. They're going to charge 250 a night mm-hmm. because they know that people are going to come in for the concert. Same as if there's a basketball game, if mm-hmm. there's an NC state game and they know that, Hey, we can tell all of the hotels are sold out on this weekend. Mm-hmm. They're going to increase my price. Oh, so I was wondering about that because like, I was going to ask you about pricing for different seasons and stuff like that. Like if you have a beach house, clearly you're going to make more money on a listing during the summer than you are in the winter. I was going to ask about how do you choose and how do you know, but does smart pricing just handle that for you or, or is it both? You want to still take, be on top of it so you can adjust your own rates. Yeah. I mean, I let the smart pricing handle it for me and there's, you know, pros and cons to different softwares that you can use for that. Mm -hmm. Some softwares cost a lot of money and they're more efficient when it comes to smart pricing. Mm -hmm. I just use the ones that they have for free through Airbnb and through Verbo, Mm -hmm. just because I'm not that into it. I, as long as I'm making 149 a night, I'm good. Mm -hmm. So if they can tell for one weekend that, Hey, there's a concert and we're going to get you booked at 250 night. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, no, actually, I'm going to go compare it, for it 500. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go compare it with all the hotels and it needs to be five. No, I, I, I really don't care. So I, I let it go through Airbnb and Verbo. But mm-hmm. you definitely have the option of choosing which software you'd want to use. And some are more accurate than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, look, I mean, I feel like. Yes, you don't want to price gouge, but I also know that, you know, um, bookings can fluctuate mm-hmm. and you want to make sure that at the end of the year, your bottom line's met. So, you know, especially when you just start out, you know, a tip that I've heard is to price your house a lot lower 
until you get five five star reviews because people are more inclined to book with people who have ratings and listings and reviews than not. Um, and so, you you know, you might drop it down to 110 because you want to get those first few listings and then you break even and then you make some money on it. So like for me, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, making sure that you charge, you know, over the summer, you know, that extra $50 that you don't charge in the winter, because at the end of the year, you as a business owner are making what you need to do to sustain the property. But I do, but you know, I also know people who have, you know, priced their $150 a night Joshua Tree house is now going for $1,000 a night because it's Coachella. Everybody will pay it, you know, supply right. and demand. Right. And I, I completely understand that theory about, you know, pricing it down to get your first couple reviews. Um, I will say I don't recommend that only because with my experience doing it for the past six months, the lower my rates are, the worse the guests are. Oh, interesting. Just just my personal experience. When you sign up on Airbnb and Verbo, they do have a promotion where you can offer a discount mm-hmm. for your first couple of guests in order to get those reviews. Mm-hmm. And I did do that. I mm-hmm. offered like 10 or 20% off to like my first five people that booked with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up losing money on them, not only because the rate was lower and the cleaning fee was lower, but because of the damage that was yeah, caused. I know you had a lot of damage at the beginning. Yes, the damage was so bad okay so let's get into it right (laughs) you get everything up and you're really excited to get your first listings right Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. so what was that first time like i see it on your face i see it on your face (laughs) listen i've had some really good guests Mm -hmm. i've had really good guests but clearly you're still doing it six months later yes but Mm -hmm. i've had really bad guests too Mm -hmm. um i'll say there's guests that come for one night and there's guests that come for several nights. In my experience, the guests that come for one night actually take better care of my property than the guests that are there for multiple nights. Yeah. I would think it'd be the other way around for me. It's not, I think a lot of people quit it, go in and, and party it up kind of thing is what I would expect for one night. And that has happened, Mm -hmm. but also more normal to happen is people come in for the night, sleep and leave. Mm -hmm. And that's it. They don't use the kitchen. They use one shower, they don't touch upstairs, and then they leave my home exactly how it was when they Mm. got there. Um, But, man, we've had some... Okay, so our second guest that Mm. ever stayed with us, she stayed with us, I believe it was Thanksgiving weekend. Mm -hmm. So it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and she was leaving on Monday for Thanksgiving. So she comes in and she spends whatever it was. It was a lot cheaper back then, too. It was like $125 a night or something. And um, we allowed dogs Mm -hmm. because we have three dogs and I love dogs. So it's fine. You know, we're pet friendly. We do not allow cats. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't like cats personally. And cats, they spray and they pee and like the ammonia odor, you cannot get out of your Mm -hmm. furniture. Um, So this lady brought cats in, didn't tell us about it. So when you are booking online, you're supposed to put in if you have pets. Yes. Because there's a pet fee. Yes. And I've had it happen multiple times where people don't put that they have a pet and Mm -hmm. they bring them in anyway. We have security cameras. And you just close those up front. 
Yes. Yes. So on our booking, it says security cameras on site. Mm -hmm. Now, the rule about that is if you have security cameras inside your house here in North Carolina, they can only be in common spaces. Mm -hmm. So the kitchen, living room, stuff like game room. They cannot be in bedrooms and they cannot be in bathrooms. And if they are inside your property, you have to disclose where they are at. Mm -hmm. If they're outside, you do not have to disclose the location. You just have to put that they're on site. Mm -hmm. So we do have them on site. Um. So this woman, you know, she brings in her cat. I can see it clear as day on the camera, which I'm not a host that sits there and watches the camera. I just don't, <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> so um, I didn't see her bringing in the pets until after we saw the condition of the house. And after we went in and saw what the cat did to everything that we had, mm. um, she let her cat defecate on all of the beds I'm not talking about one. I'm talking about ammonia, pee smell on every single bed. We had to replace every single comforter and sheet set for every single bed, except mm-hmm. for the crib. The cat mm-hmm. didn't get in the crib. Um, the cat defecated on the carpet that we had upstairs. So we had to hire a deep carpet cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, the animal defecated on the furniture, mm-hmm. on the sectional downstairs and upstairs. So we had to get it professionally deep cleaned. Mm-hmm. Um scratched up around our fireplace we have like a stone mm-hmm. scratched that up and chipped it they also scratched up um i don't, I don't know if it was more than one because all i saw was the carrier mm-hmm. um around the ottoman that's in the living room like mm-hmm. on the bottom where the corners are and i know you know we and the first thing people say is oh that i didn't do that that was like that when we got there so here's a, a revealing truth if you're hosting Make sure you tell your cleaning company to take before and after pictures every, every single, single time, time they enter that property. Because when you make a reimbursement claim, like I, this was my very first reimbursement claim. Mm-hmm. And so I contacted Airbnb and their first question to me was, we need proof that it was not like this mm-hmm. when you listed when she got there. Cause mm-hmm. she's saying it was like that when she got there. And my argument was, I don't have cats. Yeah. The pictures online represent what my house looked like before she got here. And I can send you pictures of what it looks like now. And it is so hard to get reimbursed through Airbnb without specific before and after pictures. Mm -hmm. I mean, Airbnb will ask you for everything except for a blood sample. Mm -hmm. Like I have... I've now had to do multiple reimbursement requests where I have had before and after pictures. Mm -hmm. And then it's not good enough. Then it's... Well, we need a professional invo- invoice from a handyman that has an LLC and with the square footage of all the damaged property per room mm-hmm. and a per square footage amount of money it's going to cost to fix it. Or we need just just off the wall things that it's you're going to have to pay somebody to come out there and do that. And, and you're going to have, you know, also think about you're going to have to pay someone to get the property back into working condition to get more guests in the house. Mm -hmm. So not only are you paying all these fees up front because they don't reimburse you until after they're done, Mm -hmm. but you're losing money because you have to take it off of the market. Mm -hmm. You may have to cancel other people who already have it booked, which looks bad on you. And then you don't get super host Mm -hmm. because someone has gone in there and messed up your house. Mm -hmm. So the lady with the cat, she was a big one. And actually she had the audacity of leaving one night sooner than her reservation and, and asking for her entire reservation back. Mm-hmm. Like as a refund. Um, she was my very uh, first bad review that I had. She, I don't know. She was just so unhappy that I found the home in the condition that she left it in. And she was so offended at that, that I had even asked for the money to pay for the damages that her cat caused um, and had it on video and, and all that stuff that she, man, she was so spiteful. She left a bad review for us. She um, fought really hard not to pay. I mean, of course I won in the end months later, but it took months. Yeah. Um, 
and it was just a lot of money that we we had just spent it yeah you know what i mean we had just bought all new comforters and all new sheets and they were ruined they they were completely ruined Mm -hmm. we had another guest who stayed for one night so this was a one-nighter and they came in and i think that they were going to downtown raleigh for the night or something so when you book you're supposed to put how many guests you have well my house allows for 11 guests Mm -hmm. And anyone over 11 is an extra $25 up to 15. Mm-hmm. So you can only have four additional people. And that's if two people sleep on either side of our sectionals, upstairs and downstairs. Like mm-hmm. 15 is the maximum, unless you're bringing in air mattresses, mm-hmm. which is your choice. I mean, there's not really room for that. Um, so I just get, I'm super intuitive. Mm-hmm. It's a Saturday night mm-hmm. at like one o'clock in the morning. I'm getting this funny feeling. And I'm like, oh man, I just, something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right. So I turn on the ring camera at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And there, I kid you not, there was six or seven cars in the driveway. There was six people standing outside smoking pot. And there were 10 or 15 more inside that mm-hmm. I could just see coming in and out, man, partying. Mm-hmm. They were partying hard. And that's fine, but don't destroy my property. Yeah. You do what you got to do. You have fun, but don't destroy my property. So I'm literally listening to the ring camera I'm watching them smoke pot, talking about smoking pot. I'm watching, listening to people coming in and out, talking about how bottles were just broken all over the floor, how drinks have been spilled, furniture has been ruined. I'm listening to all of this. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what do I do? Am I, do I become the Karen and like Mm -hmm. call the law over there to like protect my stuff? Or do I give them the benefit of the doubt and hope that they're going to clean the shit up Mm -hmm. before they leave? Um, so I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I did not call the law over there because they would have been, they would have taken them to jail. They had mm-hmm. drugs on the property. Um, waited until they left. Of course, they left after the checkout time, which I've had happen multiple times, which cuts into the cleaning time, mm-hmm. which is really bad. Um, I go over there to inspect the property, Lindy, and OMG. Outside, there was piles of throw up everywhere. Uh. There were t-shirts, wife beaters. There were... Um, I'm talking about tank tops. Yeah, yeah, talking, yeah. Okay. Let me preface that. <laughs> um, solo cups, mm-hmm. um, roaches everywhere. And not, not the animal roaches, but like the pot roaches yeah. um, all over the yard. So I had to by hand clean that stuff up. I go inside. The drinks that were spilled were not cleaned. They were caked to the LVP. They were caked to the furniture. Um, there was holes, dents, scratches in the walls. There was you could see splattered drinks on the baseboards and on the wall and the paint that we had originally is not the kind that you could take a sponge and wipe yeah it's this like matte finish and you put water on it it like causes a hole Mm -hmm. like it's not it was a cheap paint um so it's not something we could have scrubbed away Mm -hmm. um beds were broken Mm -hmm. condom in my daughter's frozen room condoms condom wrappers Mm -hmm. like bedboards under the mattresses broken footboards broken um we had stuff that was missing um it was just so like they left alcohol they left cups they left all this trash all over inside the property it was just it was a really big nightmare Mm. and I have videos of all this stuff and then I knew I had to deal with Airbnb again so it's like Mm -hmm. oh my god Well, everyone, clearly we have so much more to discuss, but we have already far exceeded our time for this podcast. So we're going to break this up into two episodes. 
Uh, we hope you like hearing about, you know, prepping your property for Airbnb um, and VRBO. And please join us in our next episode where we will continue with Lexi about uh, tips and tricks for going through the claims process if somebody has destroyed your property. Because clearly it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's all about how you take care of it, right? Yes. Um, and we'll also talk more about, you know, the checkout process, customer reviews, you know, I'm trying to get those five stars, all that kind of stuff in our next episode. Yes. And it won't be as negative as this one, I promise. There are some good stories, too. Of course. Of <laughs> yes. course. Or you wouldn't still be doing it, right? Yes, for sure. And if you are interested in signing up as an Airbnb host, please check out the show notes or on our Facebook page, Hello Real Estate, where we have posted a link that um, says you have been referred by me. So before you do it on your own, make sure to click that link. You will receive a $40 bonus once you've completed your first stay that is over $100 in value within your first 90 days of being on Airbnb. So please make sure to click that link so that you can get that $40 bonus. And after you sign up as a host, if you are interested in having a property manager manage this property for you and you are located in the Triangle area here in North Carolina, please reach out to us at NC with Lexi Realty powered by Fathom. Um, you can reach out to us on the web at ncwithlexi.com or you can always send me an email at ncwithlexi at gmail.com. That's N-C-W-I-T-H-L-E-X-I at gmail.com. And we would be happy to discuss your options as far as using my firm as your property management company for your Airbnb and Verbo properties. Yes, highly recommend Lexi, of course. Of course. We love it. Thank you all so much and check out our next episode for part two. Bye. Bye.